Welcome to your new favorite bookish podcast, Fully Booked and Caffeinated. I'm Kelsey, and I have a very special guest joining me today, friend of the pod, fellow book lover, and author of Read the Room blog, Christine. Hi. So before we get started, let me just say Heather has given birth to a healthy, beautiful baby. Mom, dad, and baby are doing well. She'll be back soon, but we are so happy in the meantime to have Christine joining us. As usual, we're going to discuss our beverages first, and then we'll get a little background on Christine. So I am drinking, it is a work night for us, technically, but I'm off tomorrow. So I'm drinking a beer, which may or may not be caffeinated. I don't know, but it's called Purple Slush and it's from Wiley Roots Brewing Co. It tastes exactly like grape Kool-Aid with carbonation. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it's very delicious. It's also probably really purple, but I can't see it (laughs) because it is in this can. So don't spill. What are are you drinking? I... is a work night as well and my fatal flaw is if I have caffeine I won't sleep so I have green tea it's Bigelow from Trader Joe's and it has honey in it and it is in a mug that says read local so I love it yeah it's really on brand even with the bookish mug I love it I can't really yeah you're showing me up already on my (laughs) own damn podcast anyway (laughs) so Christine tell us a little bit about yourself and where your love of reading comes from my love of reading. That's tough. Well, I'm born and raised in New Jersey. I am an executive assistant at a fire safety company. And I've always in my spare time liked to read growing up. I read uh, casually, nothing, you know, I I was outside playing. I wasn't like sitting in, you know, my room all the time reading, which is great for people. I know people like that and that's great for them. But really once college started winding down and I didn't have to worry about reading for school so much, I really picked up reading for pleasure again. And I like the idea of having a bookshelf and putting all my books on it and like making my own kind of life library and it just spiraled from there now it's like my favorite thing to do and it has been since I graduated college 10 years ago so for the last 10 years and now here I am on a book podcast talking about how that's my favorite thing to do I feel like that's a really common thing because I also did the same thing like when I was younger I read so much and then once you started having to read for school it becomes a chore and even though some of those books that we had to read for school were good books we didn't want to read them because I mean it's schoolwork so then once you get out of that having to read or being forced to read it becomes a lot more fun 100% and it's kind of like a lot of people ask me like why didn't you want to become an English teacher or something or an English professor or something like that because I don't want to read the same books over and over again from the day I start work until I retire like I read Wuthering Heights once I'm all set yeah I don't need to read it a thousand times that's a good point because you're just teaching the same things and even though like dissecting the meaning and teaching it to other people it's just the same thing over and over again yeah That's how could you point. be excited about that and like get like stay passionate about the same books for 35 years which is probably why as students we weren't that into it because our teachers weren't that into it yeah I guess that's full circle that's a good point there's a lot of groundbreaking news for me right now yeah <laughs> that I haven't thought about before okay so basically I'm just going to interrogate Christine on her book interests and then we will do a little book chat but first we need to break you into the club so first and foremost favorite author this is going to make me sound as basic as they come but i'm not going to sit here and lie to you taylor jenkins reed is just just my number one i mean everything that she's come out with i've read i think everything she's ever written except for forever interrupted and after i do and they're both on my radar but i've read everything she's written after that and they are just i mean one after another it's just amazing it's just great. And she writes strong female characters. Did you read um, Carrie Soto? No, I didn't. The only reason I didn't is because I read Malibu Rising mm-hmm. and I hated it. Oh. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I know that Carrie Soto is a character from Malibu Rising. It's correct. supposed to be like a spinoff of that or something, right? Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. At first, I was like, oh, no, everyone's going to hate me because I hate Taylor Jenkins Reid. Mm-hmm. But then everything else that I've read since is like incredible. Seven yeah. Husbands, Daisy Jones. I actually have, after I do, Heather lent it to me. So that's on my TBR for next month. Love that for so, <laughs> so I'm excited to read that one. So what's your favorite book? by her. Oh, Daisy Jones and the Six. I, I'm sitting here thinking about it like it's not Daisy Jones. It's Daisy Jones, 100%. I read it in mm-hmm. 2020 and it was kind of like unbelievable to me that they weren't on iTunes. 
Like I was like, how do we exist in a world where Daisy Jones and the Six is not a real band? Yeah. So once they came out with the show, I was like, oh, this is my moment. Everything <laughs> that everything I've thought about is coming to life now. So I still listen to the soundtrack. I'm still hoping they go on tour. And the show was so good. It was just, it's great. It's a great That's like a lot of pressure though. Did it live tons. up to your expectations from the book? It did. It did. They left out a whole member of the band. Like it's Daisy mm-hmm. Jones and the Five, mm-hmm. which is. But I don't really care. People were devastated about this. I was like, who cares? It's so as good. As long stuff. as Daisy is there. As long as that's all there. I care and about. They counted Billy Dunn's wife Camilla as the sixth member of the band, even though she's not yeah. in the band. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Camilla is a rock star in her own way. So that's great. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was a good adaptation too. And I also have the playlist on my Spotify and I listen to it all the time. Oh, I'm like, I listen to Aurora on the way like, home from work today. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I will say they did him dirty with that haircut that he had in like the, the present timeline when he had that straightened. No, it they was did like him a so cut. dirty. Mm-hmm. It was like a Bob helmet cut. It was so bad. <laughs> and I was like, this is the the only flaw that I'm finding. Right, right. Ha- so it I guess I can let it go. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's, that's it. all I could pick out. Okay. <laughs> okay, so what is your favorite genre of book? I'm gonna I thought about this long and hard. So I'm gonna go with literary fiction or like contemporary fiction. I also like I'm an eclectic reader. I like a lot of things. It's more things that I don't like. Like I don't love I hate this phrase, but like chiclet romance. Like I don't okay. love miscommunication trope and the friends to lovers trope and the false relationship, fake relationship trope, you know, things like that where you can see the ending coming a mile away. I just don't and where it's like corny. I don't love that. And That's people love too. it. They 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 <laughs> gobble it up and I'm like that's good mm-hmm. for them I'm so happy for you I wish I could because there are like a billion books like that but I don't I don't love it and I like um narrative nonfiction too I try to I try to read one nonfiction for every three fiction but right. it's hard because sometimes the fiction books just like I'm like oh I have to read this and then this and this and this and this and before I know it, there's been 10 and I'm like oh where have yeah. I my nonfiction well and it's also like reading a fiction book you can blow through it in a couple days and yes. the nonfiction just takes a little bit longer it does, which is why I like to take nonfiction on vacation. Okay. Because That's I have weird. to pack okay. less. It's weird. It's bizarre. Um, I have to pack less books because I don't get through them as uh-huh. fast. Like on my honeymoon, I read Boys in the Boat, which is a nonfiction about the crew team from University of Washington who won the gold medal, spoiler alert, in the Olympics. Like, good for me. <laughs> hilarious. I love this. I'm sitting in Hawaii like, ooh, row, row. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So Okay. Wow. Yeah. I, I really love that for you. <laughs> I mean, I just pack my Kindle so that I could pack more oh. books on vacation. No, that's right. No, you're doing the right thing. I don't have a Kindle. You're right. <laughs> oh, are you anti-Kindle? No. Okay. I just don't like it for me. I had one in college when I didn't have a car, so I couldn't get to the bookstore to buy myself new ones. So I had a Kindle so I could just download books easily. I just love a real book so much more. But I yeah. understand the Kindle. Again, I'm wrong. I understand the Kindle. They're great. No, I, I agree with that. Now I'm such a hardcover person. I never used to like hardcover books because they were just like a pain in the ass, especially because I used to read in the bathtub all the time. And I'm like, I can't bring this to the bathtub. It's going to get wet. It's going to get ruined. I can't bring this to the beach, to the pool. But now, I just love me a hardcover, but I got to have both. You know what I mean? I got to switch it up because what I do love about the Kindle is that it tells you how much longer you have to go either like time wise or percentage wise. And so I'm like, okay, am I going to stay up the extra hour to finish this book or do I have to shelf it and come back to it tomorrow? You know, I do know. always stay up, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at least I think about it for a second. Yeah. And it'll tell you, it'll tell you about how long you have so you can yeah. plan for your bedtime from there. Yeah, exactly. And then I exceed that bedtime every time. Anyway, so this is a hard one. And I understand that it's a hard one and that this answer could change tomorrow. But today, what is your favorite book of all time? My favorite book of all time is Atonement by Ian McEwen. No brainer. And this circles back nicely. So this was an assigned reading in AP English in 12th grade. And I think the reason, and I have not read it since then because I'm afraid that it's going to turn for me. I will read it because it's critically acclaimed and people love it. I think the re- one of the reasons that I love it so much is because it was a signed reading and I was expecting to hate it. So when I 
started to read it, I was like, I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And then ever since then, I think it surprised me so much that I was like, oh, this is a very well-regarded book. It's literary fiction. It's historical fiction. It's so good. It was made into a movie that was so good with Keira Knightley. It was amazing. And I was like, this is a perfect book to just be my favorite because the reading experience was great. The book was great. How I felt afterward was great. Thinking back on it is great. I'm like, this is a great answer. So and it's usually my in-pocket answer for whenever somebody asks me what my favorite book of all time is. I have to read this book. I've never read it. It's very good. And it's not so big. I might have seen the movie because I did go through a Keira Knightley phase mm-hmm. where I just like had to see everything that she was in. So that's a possibility. I do love her. Okay. <laughs> so what is your ideal reading scenario? Where are you? What season is it? What's the temperature? Do you have a snack? Do you have a drink? What's the deal? It's summer. I'm in a pool. I'm in a raft. However, the raft has to have an upright back, you know? It's the Mm -hmm. inflatable Mm -hmm. ones with the back and the headrests with the armrests. Okay. And it has a cup holder. I'm talking ice cold Coca-Cola classic. Oh, wow. That's what I want. However, your girl doesn't have a pool. So I did go, we redid our backyard this spring and I bought myself an egg chair. Oh, yes. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's, the, it's it a on big your Instagram. one. Oh, it's, it's fabulous. And it's nice. And okay. there's two sizes. So here's my question. Sure. Are your legs always pretzeled or curled up? Is there enough space where you can kind of extend them? I do pretzel. I do put them to the side, but they can extend. There are two sizes of the egg chair. I got the big one for this reason. So I could sit all the way in the back and extend my leg. I'm five foot three. It's fine for me. Okay. I'm even shorter. So I think I might have to talk uh, someone into this purchase for our backyard. Right. And it did, you know, you know what? It did take some talking into, if I'm going to be honest. (laughs) Because I know that shit wasn't cheap. No, it was not. And, but it is our most used piece of furniture. So everybody, you're welcome. I love that. I'm looking for a reading chair. The problem is I am always pretzeling or tucking underneath me. And then I've I'm sitting there for two and a half hours and then I finally get up and my knees are like crickety creaking and I'm like, I what am I doing? I need something with the legs. I've gotten an ottoman. It's not the same. No. I need an egg chair. You need an egg chair. And we got ours at, at home. Okay. Any other main questions that I missed that we need to know about you as a reader? I don't believe so. I love it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now that I've finished my interrogation, we can do the best two or three books. I did three books that we've read so far this year, why we loved them, why everyone listening should definitely read them. All starts. You can have a break. So I actually narrowed it down by genre because I'm like, how am I supposed to pick only three? So my first is a horror book, which isn't technically a horror book, but it is truly terrifying. Tender is the Flesh by Augustina Bezterica. I said it wrong. It's we're moving on. I think everyone should read this. It paints a picture of humanity and morality and the lengths that we as a species will go to in order to survive. And also how you can justify absolutely anything if you get enough people on your side. So it's definitely a a rough read in this climate that we're in right now. But I also think it's super important that everyone does read it. As far as thriller, which there's so many great thrillers I've read this year because this is definitely my most often read genre just because they're popping out left and right. Every day there's a new thriller that I want to read. But my pick is The Lies I Tell by Julie Clark. I think it's super original and unique. It's my favorite subgenre, which is female vigilante revenge, obviously. Um, <laughs> it's just really well written. I read it towards the beginning of the year and I still feel just as strongly now as I did when I read it. So that's got to mean something because I think I read it in like January or February. And then funny that this is my fiction pick, I guess, contemporary fiction, literary fiction, whatever, because I picked Daisy Jones. I had to. to hear that. I love to hear that. This surprised me so much with how much I loved it because at first I was put off by the interview style of writing. And now I just read this recently, like right when the show first came out. So I was late to the party. It already had all this buildup. I was like, what if I don't like it? I just... I loved it. I loved it. It gets so deep. It's so relatable in some ways. And it gets so heart wrenching. It's just truly not what I expected. And I think that's why it's one of my top choices, not just because the story is great. And the show ended up being awesome. It's 
because I was not expecting it to be one of my favorites. And I kind of was going into it being like, this is going to be awkward when I don't like this book because everyone else loves it so much. And then I was like, well, Kelsey, shut up. It's perfect. And here we are. So down to you. Before I go, can I give you just a hot piece of advice? Yes, always. Listen. I know you just read Daisy Jones, but wait like a year. Listen to the audiobook. I read it in print, and then I listened to the audiobook. It's a full cast, so it's just not one lady. Yes, way. It's not just one lady reading the same parts of everybody. Everybody's a different a different voice. It's fantastic. I mean, as if it couldn't get any better. It's fantastic. So right when you start to forget, wait a year, wait eighteen months, when you're like, hmm, I could just. Take a little Daisy Jones back in my life. Listen to the audiobook. You will not be disappointed. That is great advice. I love that. Because I am not a huge fan of audiobooks unless there are different voices for each character. Because I just get like, because I'm listening while I'm doing other things. So I just can't pay attention unless there are different voices. That sounds amazing. Okay. I feel the I same way. It. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm not a big audiobook person either for that same reason. Or unless there's like a promise of something like... I, I love you too. And Bono just came out with a memoir and I heard that he sings on the audiobook. So I listened to the audiobook and it was great. So unless there's okay. a promise of something special in the audiobook, I'm reading print. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay. That being said. So I also picked three. My first one is In Five Years by Rebecca Searle. And this I loved because like I thought it was going to be a little bit more corny just based on what I was reading about, but people loved it. So I gave it a shot and it is so good and it's so well-written and the whole underlying premise is how is strong female friendship. And it's these two women who are best friends and how they navigate their own lives and then their lives together in in Manhattan and growing up and I mean, they're adults, but you know, navigating, they're still both, Neither of them are engaged, so they're kind of both serious long-term boyfriends, and it was really, really good. And it's also a gentle, there's like a, a, a little fantasy element in it. In the ver- it's called In Five Years, because in the beginning, the protagonist has a vivid dream of what her life is going to look like in five years. And oh. so the whole book is, so the whole book is like following that timeline of how she arrives at this point in five years. So for someone who doesn't read a lot of magical realism or magical fiction, it was kind of a gentle, like, oh, I read this fantasy-ish book. And meanwhile, it was just fiction with like a dream. But it was, right. it was like nice a, to like- A That's So included. Raven moment. Yeah, exactly. it was a That's So Raven moment. That's exactly right. Raymond Simone had a, had a vision and that was the book. So Amazing. I loved it. Okay. I, disclaimer, cried like a baby. Okay. Like a baby. So there's that. My second book, uh, you heard it here last, Lessons in Chemistry by- Bonnie Garmus. It was Barnes and Noble's best book of 2022. And here I am like, they were right. It's so good. It's takes place in the 60s. And it's a female scientist. She's a chemist. And it's just how she is so discriminated because she's a woman in science. And she starts to date another brilliant scientist who is a male. And so of course, everybody attributes her success to her being with him and through a long turn of events she gets kicked out of the chem lab and she starts this cooking show but it the cooking show empowers stay-at-home women stay-at-home mothers at home to like take charge of your household and you are important and it, it, it just gives a backbone to all the women at home who you know don't go to work because their husbands you know go out and they're esteemed and they have to kind of stay home and take care of the family even if that's not what they wanted to do so through all their televisions they're watching this brilliant woman teach them how to make dinner and it's it's so good and it's very it's a very unique story and it kind of gives a glimpse into something that maybe you don't think about unless you're reading this book kind of thing um the last one is The Paper Palace by Miranda Cowley Heller, which is new, I believe. I think it came out this year. Um, I have it in hardcover, which means it came out this year because if it was in paperback, I would have gotten paperback. No offense. I'm a paperback lady. <laughs> um, so this is, I like this because it's a summer read. It takes place in the summer in like the backwoods and like their family's cabin and they're at a lake, but it's traumatic. Like it, it's not a happy, go lucky, bubblegum kind of summary. It's very, the main character has a lot of, she, the main character is a female as well. And it goes through the trauma that she had growing up 
with her step-siblings and her mother being sort of neglectful. And you find out in the first page that she's cheated on her husband with her childhood best friend. And then the entire story leads up to how that happened and where she, what decisions she makes at the end of the book, which I didn't love. The ending kind of lost it for me a little bit, but I was there for the ride and that was, that was good, which is why I didn't give it. I think I gave it four stars maybe i think when i rated it um because of the ending so those are my three as of late that's actually great i haven't read any of those lessons in chemistry i definitely want to read obviously because it's like the most hyped up book of last year but also i didn't even know what it was about and when you just described it that sounds awesome it sounds right up my alley so i'm definitely moving that higher up on my list because you know that list is long don't i know it (laughs) It never ends. Never ends. <laughs> never ends. Okay, so now I can't let you off the hook here. There's something we need to talk about. There are a few books that we both read this year, one of them being Gracier by Kim Liggett. And what did you rate it, Christine? Two and a half stars, I think. Two, two and a half, something like that. I read the book and then mm-hmm. I listened to your episode and I was like, oh, different than what I thought. <laughs> opposite of what you thought actually opposite yeah it was it was one of our tops this so far this year i'm flabbergasted i reread your review of the book and i Mm -hmm. do agree with some of the things that you said Mm -hmm. i agree that i feel like some of the parts i definitely read it as ya like the poacher turning okay spoilers for anyone who didn't read the gracier incoming skip ahead the poacher turning into her lover yes crazy ridiculous but my love for tyranny and i know the comparison to katniss i get it but the ending where we see that all of the women are banding together and creating this revolution and the reason that i love this so much is because it could have been really corny but the fact that they were being so smart about it and to tyranny it seems like they're basically making no progress but then the way they're actually moving behind the scenes and slowly adding more people to the cause i just thought that was really well done also i hate a pregnancy trope i hate i hate any book with a pregnancy in it it just never seems necessary to me but in this case i felt it was necessary because of their return because she returns and she's pregnant and then michael has to accept the baby as his own which shows his support of her and their cause so i feel like all of the issues that i could have had with it i rationalized and put my blinders on so i'm still a five star but i'm i'm willing to hear you out more so i like the ending actually when she revealed that she was pregnant i was like here we go we're back mm-hmm. and that like you said the behind the scenes and her mom and her sister and her dad working behind the scenes to you know start this revolution i liked I did like a couple of things. So that part I liked and I loved probably one of my favorite parts was that she was the middle sister Mm -hmm. and she looked up to her two older sisters and basically survived for her two little sisters. I have a sister. She's my favorite person in the whole world. I would, I'm, that's how I, that's, that's my Katniss, my Primrose, the whole thing. Like that's, I could see how people would go to their brink for a sibling. And so I loved that part. And I thought that was very written very well. One thing like I said, I did not believe the love story. I just didn't believe that they were in love. I don't, for no reason, I can't even put my finger on why. I just didn't, I, as I was reading it, I was like, you're kidding. No way. Like, I don't believe that they are risking it all for each other. It's like, that, that seems reckless to me. But, and I don't even, I don't think I put this in my review, but as I was kind of thinking about it again for, to discuss today, the self-sabotage of the girls on their gracier at the encampment just, imploding for the sake of imploding because they don't want to leave anything for the next year. It's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. It, it was hard for me to rationalize why they wouldn't help each other. They're going to be there for a year. You don't want to make a shelter or a well or whatever they were making. Like, why wouldn't you? Tierney putting in all this work, the clothesline and this, that to help herself and help them. And then every morning she would wake up and everything she would have would be destroyed only because they like wanted to do the year as hard as possible to prove a point that to me i don't it was repetitive and unbelievable like i don't believe how 16 year old girls again what are we talking about here it's it's this is a novel right it's unbelievable but yeah it was hard for me to swallow that 16 year old girls would out of the get-go turn on each other and i know that tierney took michael or whatever michael chose tierney instead of 
the other girl. Kirsten, maybe? Kirsten. Oh, good for you. Kirsten. Yeah, I think so. Michael Michael chose Tierney instead of Kirsten. So already she's 16. She has beef. I get that. But to sabotage themselves for a year was right off the bat. I was like, oh, this is gonna, this is not going to be the book that I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I think maybe if they came together and supported each other and like tried to make it out together for the whole year, I would have liked it more. But the girl mm-hmm. versus girl didn't love. Yeah. So basically that whole time where she's falling in love with the poacher could have been spent back at the encampment building that community because eventually she does come back and they do get that camaraderie everyone except if her name isn't kirsten i don't care it is um i think it is so they did eventually get that camaraderie when she started like weaning them off the well water and stuff but it was that part definitely was rushed and i i get what you're saying like the fact that they would destroy everything before they left and it's like just because they were bitter that no one could warn them of what they were getting into and because they just had to live their lives every day of this survival. I mean, obviously the concept of the book is ridiculous in itself, but I just read a feminist YA book with a Katniss-esque main character and I guess I'm folding like a little origami doll. I don't know. And I love, I do love the reveal that it was the well water that made them sick. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love that. Like that was clear. It was perfect it was well done it was smart and it was a solution and i like that it wasn't it wasn't like oh they're making themselves go crazy because it's like a the placebo effect they're there they think they're gonna go crazy so they do no they're drinking mm-hmm. the well water and it's toxic and they're going nuts which i like yeah. i like that resolution to the whole insanity thing that's true yeah i bought a bunch of other books by kim like after i read this but now i'm nervous to read them because i'm like what if i don't like them as much what if this was a one-off and i convinced myself because at first i was so angry and then i was so happy for tyranny to make her way out that i rationalized all of it i don't know we're gonna see we're gonna see they're on my tv how many other books does she have ish i think maybe like four or five i bought two other ones okay and I haven't started them yet, but we'll see. All right. Check back so in. I definitely see where you're coming from. I will allow it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so another book we both read this year and actually both enjoyed mm. is Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin, maybe. Um, so something you wrote about in your blog post, which I 100% agree with, is the friendship between Sam and Sadie and how, spoiler alert, incoming, anyone who has not read the book, how it never turned romantic. I feel like that would have ruined the book for me because it would have been, it would have made it so much more cookie cutter and it would have, I don't know, it it just would have ruined the whole thing. Like the whole point was the ebbs and flows of their relationship because it wasn't romantic. So they didn't feel like they owed each other anything because they had gone in and out of each other's lives like that. I also liked that we see the absolutely awful and selfish sides of both Sam and Sadie. And in the end, you're still rooting for both of them, both together and individually. And that's really hard to make the characters so unlikable at times, but you still are rooting for them in the end. Like, that's really good writing. You know what I mean? I agree 100%. I love them, even though, even when they treated each other like trash, like you said, in the end, it came full circle. And back to, I guess, both of our points that we're happy that it didn't turn romantic. And reading the book, you don't feel like they should be together. Do you know what I mean? There, there's never right. something like, oh, they would make a good couple. They, you know, they're, they're definitely in love and they don't show it. No, they are best friends and work partners and colleagues and life partners. And under no circumstances should they be romantically involved. And they weren't. And it didn't even come close. There was not even like a one night mistake or whatever. It was nothing. It right. was just best right. friends. And it was when it was over, I was just so happy and like almost relieved that the story didn't go there. And yeah, I love I just I love this whole book. I think it had everything. It had friendships, it had love, it had again, spoilers all over the place. It had babies, it had hostages, it had video games, and it had college and chronic illness and death. And it was just it was great. It was mm-hmm. great. And I would have given it five stars, but it was like 650 pages or something. Yeah. That's just a clunker. And I'm not, I, you got to half a star, but every, every word, the writing was so good and every word was meaningful. It truly could not have been any shorter. It was so good. I agree with that. I think it felt 
very clunky to me. And that's why I didn't rate it super highly. Because even though I completely agree, I think everything was necessary to the plot. A lot of the video game stuff kind of lost me, like where they were, they kept trying and kept trying. And even though each game had its place in their story and in their development and it was all necessary it just felt repetitive you know what I mean so I feel like it wasn't necessarily an easy read for that reason I also I'm really happy that I actually read it because if I had just read the blurb on this book I never would have picked it up like I don't really have any interest in video games it just it's not really my usual genre you know what I mean like it didn't seem specific enough to me based on the summary of what we we're going to be reading but I'm so happy that it was like so hyped up that everyone was reading it that it was you know such a huge book last year because otherwise I don't think I would have even picked it up same same for me I'm not running to the store to get a book about video games but like you said because so many different people that I was seeing because of the range of people who are reading it and loving it I thought I'm gonna give this a shot and also it was a it was a book of the month I, I subscribed to book of the month and it was a book of the month choice so I didn't have to you know go out and get it kind of a thing I just selected it as one as my choice and and mm-hmm. it came to my house which was great and the, I mean the cover is beautiful it's just great yeah it was great. The cover is beautiful. I mean, yeah. unlike me who rented it from the Kindle library and had to wait approximately five months for it to become available. Yes, I could have gone to the store and bought it, but I had plenty of books to read in the meantime. So I can wait patiently mm-hmm. for my Kindle loan to be available. But mm-hmm. yeah, I completely agree. It's like it was just everywhere. And I'm like, how is this book? Like you said, so many different people, like it wasn't just a certain group of people liking it, like people who are into these kind of books or what, like everyone. Yeah, like this is like a a universal, I don't know, everyone loved it. And I did also love because it's a it's a Sam and Sadie are a boy and a girl, obviously. Um, Sadie, the girl is the brains behind creating the video game. Which was also, mm-hmm. I mean, women could do anything. This was, she, it was just so cool that she's like, I'm sitting in my dungeon with my headphones on for the next four to six business days. Nobody bother me. I'm creating this game. And she's like the brains behind it, which was just, the, and, and Sam is out doing PR. So that yeah. it was just so cool. Yeah. It was cool. And it was awesome because they were so self-aware. Like they knew their limitations. She knew that even though she was jealous that she wasn't the face of, the game even though she had put in so much work into it she knew that that wasn't her wheelhouse she knew that she wasn't going to be out there doing the press conferences and doing all that stuff and that sam was better at that so she could see that like even though i have these feelings that are upsetting me i know that this is what is best for me for us for the game etc and sam did the same thing like he knew that sadie was the brains i think he had the grit and the determination to actually get things made. He pushed her to actually hit those deadlines, make things happen, you know, take these unrealistic expectations of timelines and do it anyway. So I feel like they both, obviously they balanced each other in that way. That was, you know, part of the whole story, but they also knew that they were balancing each other. Yep, totally. And they knew how to get each other out of their own heads. Sam knew how to get Sadie out of her head and Sadie knew how to get Sam out of his head because they were so close. They were two spokes on a wheel. Yeah, yeah, they were, I think they did say it in there, like they are soulmates but not romantic soulmates they were just connected people like they could always had to be in each other's lives they were closer than any romantic relationship could ever be and that was true and it also showed not just this friendship but then with everything else put into it it's like it just showed mortality and all of these struggles that they were both internally dealing with and they didn't necessarily want to burden the other one but they didn't realize that by not burdening each other they were actually exacerbating Mm -hmm. all these problems it was just I can't believe how well it was written. I can't believe how fleshed out the characters were. And it still all made sense, was interesting. It just worked. It worked. It was great. It's worth the hype. If, if you don't like it, I, yes. don't, I, don't, I don't know why you're listening to us. Yeah, you heard it here last. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Great book. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. You heard it here two years later. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so what are you currently reading? Currently, I'm reading The Perfect Marriage by Geneva Rose which did you read that Mm -hmm. you did every time I tell someone 
they're like, ooh, I'm curious what you're going to think when it's over. So I'm having a nervous breakdown because I like it, but I'm like nervous that at the end I'm going to hate it or something because of everybody's reaction. Like, ooh, this is a very polarizing book. I'm like, why? It's every other run-of-the-mill thriller, but apparently not because my library has 21 copies and there are 50 people on hold. Excuse me? I ordered online. 21 copies? 21 copies. So I have the Ocean County library system. So right. I can borrow from whatever, any branch, and they just deliver it to my library, my local library. But there were 21 copies all out, and the waiting list was 50 people. This is not a new book. So no. I ordered it online. I got it in paperback, delivered to my home. I did not have to wait because I'm no patience. Yeah, I literally bought it on Kindle. I think I got it for like $3.99. Like I did not. Yeah. Wow. And I'm not, I did not I realize never... this. I never buy books on Amazon because it shorts the author and the publisher, but there were over a million copies sold. So I'm like, she'll be fine. I'm going to get it. This book's going to get to my door in 12 hours. Geneva Rose is going to be just fine. She'll be fine. Also, you do have to follow her on TikTok because I am not going to say anything about the book. It is polarizing. I personally did not enjoy it when I finished it, but I followed Geneva Rose on TikTok and she is so funny that I'm like, I wish I loved your book more. Wow. Because I read another one by her and I also didn't like it. Wow. And I was like, wow, I just, I love you so much. Just, I want to, I want to do this for you, but I cannot. So did you not like it? Did you not, did you not like the perfect marriage throughout or did you like it? And then the ending made you not like it. I liked it and the ending made me not like it. Oh, crapola. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But then okay. after that, I was like, I just hate the whole thing. But okay. then her other <laughs> book that I read, I did not like the whole book, but the ending, the last five minutes of this book were so good that I was like, oh my God, I think I almost DNF'd the book. And then I finished it and I was like, the ending is so good. Like, how, why is she doing this to me? Take the other book's beginning and this book's ending and put them together and make me love your books the same way that I love you on TikTok. Why are you doing this to me? At What's Junior the other Rose. book? It's called You Shouldn't Have Come Here. Oh, I okay. I can picture it. Right. So yeah, you might have to read that one too. I don't know. It depends Maybe how the you third one's a charm. This one. Maybe yeah. it is. Oh, I do have another one of hers on my TBR. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep oh, fighting. Good. good. I'm, I love that. I'm going to keep fighting for her. Um, so I'm reading The Testing by Joelle Charbonneau. Yes, I looked up the pronunciation. That was gorgeous. That was Thank gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, this is, actually, you would hate this. It's giving <laughs> Hunger Games vibes. Actually, it's giving, like, divergent vibes. Hey, see, I'm I like divergent. Didn't believe the love story. Again. Oh, but I'm didn't looking at believe the, trilogy, the love story. But I would do anything to see Theo James on my TV. So mm -hmm. they can mm -hmm. do whatever they want with the love story. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. As long as he's there. No, you're right. Checkmate. Yeah, I agree, though. I The love story has to be necessary to the plot. It's like, especially in these thrillers, and Heather and I always talk about this, how we have an issue with a thriller when people just like have sex for no reason. And you're like, there's mm -hmm. literally, you just complicated everything. You're mm -hmm. trying to solve a murder and you just decided to rip your clothes off. Like, this is not furthering yeah. our story. Right. This is not a the heat of the moment situation when you're looking over the evidence. Enough. Yeah. Like, you you shouldn't be horny right now. You no. should be Shut catching a killer. Shut it down. Be professional. Do your job. Exactly. Exactly. But, I mean, also a lot of these books are unreliable narrators. So, what can we say? You can't trust anyone out here. And that's the problem. That is the problem. You know what? That is the problem. Because that's you're reading a book and it's going so well. And you're like, this is going to be a great one. And then they can ruin it with just one page, with just one twist, with just one. Everything you thought was true. Nope. Exactly. And that's why I've been reading, you know, chronically for 10 years. Never once have I guessed the killer. Never. 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 Because I can't trust anybody. Yeah, I agree with Never that. once. I don't Never even once. try. I know that there's a lot of people who read with the specific intent of trying to ca guess who it is. I don't even try. Mm -mm. Neither do I. Unless sometimes, like actually in, <laughs> I'm reading The Perfect Marriage, like I said, I have a note in my notes app <laughs> that says who I think it is so that if I'm right, there's time, it's a timestamp. Nice. Okay. Okay. So, so you can that prove I know. <laughs> that you knew. I can prove. Let's look, I knew. But <laughs> it only, oh, I only do that if it jumps out at me. Like if I'm reading, I'm like, oh my God, I think I know. But otherwise... I'm just along for the ride. And then at the end, I'm so beyond surprised. I'm like, oh, it was the mom. 
Silly old mom. Oh, I can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I'm, I want to be surprised. I don't want to know. I want you to hit me with the twist and turns, but they've got to make sense, which is. Yeah. You've got to make sense. That's right. It's tough when there's a thriller coming out every four seconds, but (laughs) yeah, I'm curious where you find your next reads and how you choose what to read next. So one way is people recommending books to me. Sometimes someone will say, oh, you should read this. And I know very well that I'm not going to like it. So I'll just yes them to death. Uh And I'm like, sure. I'm like, I'll write that down. And I'm just like typing letters in my phone. Like I'm not listening. Uh, Either because of the book or the person. You don't know me. I've never recommended a book to you. Like, no, you you I would trust. I recommended the Paul Tremblay book to you, remember? Yeah. A head full of ghosts. (laughs) I read it. I I took your recommendation. You did. And you thought it was okay. <laughs> I didn't sleep for five weeks. You thought it was all right, but you read way more horror than me, so that's fine. But there are some people that know me and I know how they read. So I'll, if they recommend something to me, I'll try it, you know, because we read so much. I, I'm not worried about making every book a five star, right? So if someone right. says something to me and I might like it, I'll read it. And then if I don't, okay, that's five days out of my life, you know, that I've read reading a mediocre book, that's fine. So sometimes personal recommendations. On occasion, I'll read like a BuzzFeed or a Book Riot article, like 10 suspense novels that will get you out of a reading slump. (laughs) I'll read the summaries on those and pick one sometimes. And then I listen to two podcasts, uh, in addition to your podcast. I listen to What Should I Read Next, which is, it's Anne Bogle is the podcaster. And she has uh, her um, blog is called Modern Mrs. Darcy. And she mm-hmm. does a lot of great, she has like a whole team now, like she has a, it's almost like a, its own kind of company. And she's very, she's from Kentucky and she's just this very buttoned up mom of four, has a golden retriever named Daisy and she's just the sweetest. And she has, her podcast is called What Should I Read Next? So regular people like you and I submit a form on her website and she has regular people on as guests and they tell her three books they like one book they don't and what they're reading lately and then she gives them three recommendations it's fantastic it's so good she is so sweet and her guests are so intellectual and well-spoken and come from a variety of all kind of places and she always gives the greatest recommendations so i get a lot from there and then there's another podcast yeah it's great and there's a million there's a million episodes and i've listened to them all and then there's another podcast called well-read the well-read podcast and it's two librarians they're two librarians and they just go up, they pick a theme and they go back and forth and list three or four books. Like, oh, favorite beach reads. And they go back and forth and say their favorites and the plot. Um, but what I like about them both is there's no spoilers in both of like both podcasts. When they do summaries, there's no spoilers. So I never feel like I'm messing myself up if I listen to them right. without reading the, reading the books first, which I love. I, I'm on Bookstagram, obviously. And, but I won't read something because of Bookstagram. But if I'm on the fence about something and I see it, like, like, like tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, I saw it everywhere all over Bookstagram. So I, it was already on my radar. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to read this mm-hmm. because the people love it. That's that's basically, when do you get your next reads from? I am solely on BookTok. Oh, oh my gosh. Nonstop yeah. BookTalking yeah. it up because mm-hmm. there's certain, there's certain people that I follow. I mean, obviously it comes up on my For You page and stuff. And what I really like is when people will say like, oh, five thrillers you have to read. And if the first one they mm-hmm. say is a silent patient, I'm like, okay, I'm not listening to you because I hate you. Um, mm-hmm. But there's certain people that I follow that have enjoyed the same books that I have. So anything that they recommend, I'm like, oh, adding that to the TBR, adding mm-hmm. it to my list. I mm-hmm. do not understand how you don't have a Goodreads account. I, there's not enough room in my brain for the amount of books I need to read. For the amount, of, I even have a separate list of books that I've bought that I haven't read yet. It's over a hundred books. How do you keep it all straight? So it's serial killer behavior. So when I read a book, I write it down in a notebook with a pen, like and with a number, like number and the date and the date I finish it, just to keep track. And I've always read for quantity up until this year. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just rushing through short books, and I'm not instead of reading the longer books that I want to sit with. So this year, for the first time ever, I'm reading for quality over quantity, and it's going fantastic. So I just literally in a spiral notebook, I write number 52, the perfect marriage finished on August, whatever. And then I have a lot. I'm in my office. I have a lot of books. So I used to buy and keep every book that I read. And then I realized, okay, I'm 32 years old and my house is full. 
So now <laughs> I started to purge why keep a book that you didn't like, you know, it just takes yeah. up room and then I have to stare at a spine that I don't have a book that I don't like. So I did a purge and now I get mostly everything from the library or like the little free libraries or Pangle books or thrift books. And love then if books. I like it, love thrift books. And then if I like it, I'll keep it. And if I read it from the live, if I borrow it from the library and I like it, I'll then go get a copy so I can have it on my shelf. If I love okay. it, love it, love it. Mm-hmm. If I just like it, it's fine. I'll whatever. I'll give it back. I don't, I don't mind. But then my TBR is a Google Doc. And then I, <laughs> and then I have a book cart that's not a shelf where when I get a book that's on my TBR, I put it on the cart so I know that it's up next. Okay. Okay. It's maniacal and it's psychotic, but it works for me. You are just like pre-technology hitting it right now. Yeah. I'm a cave woman. Um, I'm a Neanderthal and this is how, this is how I'm doing See, it. Yeah. The problem is that in the past, when I'm thrift shopping or I'm at the secondhand bookstore, I have purchased books that I have already read. And then I get home <laughs> and I'm like, I already have this or I've already read it. And even by reading the blurb on the back, sometimes I don't know because it doesn't always tell you the whole story. Okay. If you don't tell me the twist at the end, I don't know if I read you or not. Mm-hmm. So once I discovered Goodreads, and I'm acting like I've been on Goodreads for 100 years. I haven't. I just made it like a year ago, maybe. And I, it is my lifeline. I mean, my want to read is like 350 books or something ridiculous. And I'm just adding Mm -hmm. things every single day. And Mm -hmm. like I said, I have over 100 that I've purchased and haven't read yet. But Mm -hmm. it's the only way I can keep track, especially when Thrift Books is out here giving me coupons every other day. And I got to be buying... I'm getting free You're books. Up points. You're left free and right. Books. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big so time. I got to look on that list to make sure I don't buy the same book that I've already bought. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot. And I'm acting, I mean, I know this is like privileged people problems. I get it. Mm-hmm. But as a reader, it's tough out there. It's tough out there. You can't trust yourself. I've been in the same position where I've been at a store and I'm like, I don't think I have this. I don't make the mistake of if I read it or not because I'm pretty good with remembering what I've read. But I don't know what I have. Mm-hmm. like hello so i'll come back i'll come home and i'll be like oh you know we did need three copies of this we did good thing three copies <laughs> good for me oh yeah i also so that's where i find recommendations for new books and obviously if there's an author i like i'll go and add every single one of their other books to my tbr but i have an app that has a wheel and I have like each wedge has the name of a book on it. And then when I like, sometimes I'll be like, no, specifically, I want to read a horror book. I'm going to pick a horror book or I want to read something. I've read five thrillers in a row. I need to read like a romance or something to, you know, Mm -hmm. break it up. But if I just cannot figure out what to read, I'll spin my little wheel. And I started having to do that because I have the physical book cart, like you're talking about, but then I was buying all these books on my Kindle because I get the daily emails, like when they have deals on the Kindle books. And I was like, oh, I have a hundred books in here that I've never read. So how am I ever going to read them? Yeah. Yeah. You won't. You got to spend the I'll never catch up. No. Life's too short. And my TBR is just too long. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) All right. So anything else that you want to add? I don't believe so. I think we covered my entire life. Here's a question. So I just picked, so I'm reading The Perfect Marriage now. And the next book I'm going to read, because this is how else I decide if my library holds become available. That's what I'm reading next. Surprise. So Mm -hmm. I have Wish You Were Here by Jodi Piku. Okay. That's next on my list. Did I feel pretentious saying Piku? Yes, I did. But I know that it's not pickled. So I'm going to say it because I just know. Wait, I didn't know who you were talking about. Jodi Pickle. And then I just, yes. Piku. Could you believe it? Wow. I Could do you not believe, believe it. it. That, okay. Wait, did you read okay, Gone I know Girl? What you're about. Yes. Gillian Flynn. Did we know that? Yes. 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 Like, okay. Or, first of all, if I saw her in public, I'd run with the things that run through her brain. Oh, 1000%. Gone Girl? She's nuts. Sharp objects. I mean, Hard absolutely places. flawless. The trio. No notes. I absolutely no notes. love all three of those books. I'm waiting, not patiently, for her to come out with another book. Like, where is it? Did you read Dark Places? Yes. Love it. Okay. Love it. Love it. But yes, and the only reason I know is because she read a foreword on The Woman in the Window, which I listened to the audiobook, and she Got said it. her name, and I was like, excuse me, what? And then I would hear people saying Jillian, and I'm like, y'all no, don't it's a even hard know. G. Y'all hard don't G. even know. It's a G. No. It's a Gillian. It's a G. Gillian. Couldn't believe that. Also, she scares me. And if there was, oh, you want to go to an author signing? No, I'm all set. Her brain is 
cuckoo bananas. I'm all set. Okay, that's how I feel about Karen Slaughter, and she's my favorite author of all time, so... Wow. Yeah, no, she's nuts, too. Pretty Girls is crazy. Yeah. I Well, she did say, I was reading on Goodreads, and Karen Slaughter was saying, basically, she was talking about how, like, she doesn't think there should be an unnecessary sex scene, like, it should make sense to the book. She's like, the same thing with violence. It should make sense to the book. And I'm like, your books are some of the most violent books I've ever read in my entire life. Yeah. And I'm like, but you're right. They're necessary to the plot yeah, that necessary. you wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you did this to us, but okay. All right, so tell everyone where they can find you, where they can follow you, where they can find your blog. Um, I am not on Goodreads, and I'm not on BookTok. However, I am on Instagram at Read the Room Blog, and you could read the blog straight up on the internet at readtheroomblog.blogspot.com. And everything, I try to review every single book I read. Sometimes they're behind because your girl's busy, but I get there. I love it. Okay. Wow, I just can't believe you're not a book talk. So you're not going to see the TikTok that I post after this episode, which may or may not include an embarrassing picture of us with a bartender at a wedding. Hmm. The bartender is something that I don't recall. But listen, send me the link and I will... I will watch that TikTok via Safari. Web. Via the web. Uh, via, yes. the, via the World Wide Web. Spoiler alert to our listeners. Christine and I are also real life adventure friends, not just we are. internet book friends. So We are. My husband and Kelsey's boyfriend are childhood friends. Plot twist. Kelsey and I are now friends. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what happens. Yeah. And I've known your husband for 13 years, 14 years, maybe. That's long. (laughs) That's ridiculous. That is long. That is long. Yeah. That's a long time. But he doesn't like books. So I don't have anything to talk to him about. No, his goal last year was to read three. So we're on different paces. Um, has he, how far has he gotten out of the three? Well, last year, that was last year, 2023, oh, okay. zero. Last year, he did read three. Okay, so he was like, that they was terrible. All... I'm not setting a goal for 2023. Right, even though it went well. I mean, he picked three books that he liked. They were three nonfiction. No, definitely. There were definitely three nonfiction. I don't remember what they were. Um, one of them was probably about riding bikes. And I don't know why this year he's like, listen, I reached my goal. Dunzo. I'm like, okay. Three <laughs> in my life. I reached my goal. But also, I would never want Eric to read some of the books that I read because I think that he would fear for his life even more than he already does. You know what I mean? No, you're you're well equipped with all the knowledge from the books that you read. So I I agree with you that you should keep that under wraps, keep Eric away. And that's how you have, you know, a stable relationship. (laughs) That's how we have a lasting relationship. With yes, the, yes. the imminent threat always hanging over his head. Anyway, yeah. so so <laughs> thank you so much for coming on today. I had so much fun talking books with you. Thank Everyone, you for having me. It was a blast and a dream. A dream come true. <laughs> a dream come true. Everyone, make sure that you go and follow on Instagram and check out the books so far that Christina's read this year. See if you agree with her because, you know, I agree with most things. Grace here is the only fight we've ever had. So... Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. hopefully it's the only fight we ever do have well mm-hmm. actually we'll see after the perfect marriage <laughs> well that's all we have for you today if you like what you heard please make sure to follow subscribe rate and review the podcast on whatever platform it will really help us out a lot if you have any book recommendations questions for us you can email us at fullybookedcalfpod at gmail.com also be sure to follow us on our socials tiktok and instagram at fullybookedcalfpod to see our upcoming reads Thanks for checking us out. And remember, if you need us, we're fully booked. Bye. Bye.